0: The Fitness Reborn Podcast is a companion piece to Renaissance Fitness Personal Training. This podcast is to serve as educational and entertainment purposes only. It does not in any way constitute as medical advice. If you have a medical concern, please seek out your provider. Hello and welcome. This is the latest episode of the Fitness Reborn Podcast. My name is Sean from Renaissance Fitness Personal Training, where we put movement ahead of workouts. And my guest today is Leslie Logan. She's a certified Pilates instructor. Leslie, thanks for coming on.
1: Oh, Sean, thank you for having me.
0: Not a problem, not a problem. And Leslie, just so you guys know, Leslie is talking to me at eight in the morning where she's at right now. Right now I'm in central time. It's 10 in the morning. It's a bit more reasonable, but (laughs) she she, she tells me she doesn't normally come on this early. So I feel kind of, uh, I feel kind of gifted that she came on at an early time for me. <laughs>
1: I, and I say that also because if my voice sounds like you're the first person I'm talking to, like, it's because you are. I actually <laughs> spoken out loud.
0: Today. <laughs> that's 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 all right. That's all right. You know, I I got up not that long ago myself. Usually I get up pretty early, but you know, since it's Sunday, I said, and we were up late, me and my kids. And it was like, you know, screw it, I'm just gonna sleep in longer. So, yeah, so well, isn't so that I, the
1: nice option. Like that's kind of what. It's kind of nice to give yourself the opportunity if your body right. like, I would like to sleep in. I actually, I mean, to the to the sound of my voice, I did do – I do like about a 90-minute walk every morning with my dog mm-hmm. uh, just because it's a stroll. It's a really nice thing to do. The sun rises, so you're like with the first light of day. So I was productive of some Right,
0: kind. right. <laughs> Well, I, I haven't been terribly productive at this point. I got up, I had coffee, I, you know, I did so I did a little bit of movement just to get things going and things like that. But then I've been kind of chilling and just kind of waiting for this to happen. So I guess I'll get to I'll get to more production <laughs> later.
1: Yeah, well, and that's what's so cool. You can do movement throughout the day. You can mm-hmm. like you can have your own version of it, and I I think that's really fun. So.
0: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So Leslie, I like I like to kind of uh reverse engineer things for people. I like to take us back um to someone's background and have people tell us how they got here, what brought us to this point that you and I are now talking here and just kind of because I know bits about you, but people listening probably know not really anything about you. So I like to kind of give people that kind of uh backstory to go off of. So What's, what's your story? How did we get here?
1: Yeah, thanks, Sean. So, um, hmm. hi, everyone. Leslie Logan here. And um, mm-hmm. if you heard Pilates and start to the top and you're like, uh oh, Pilates, it's for getting rich people. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, please keep listening because it's not. Um, right. And I actually truly um, thought that Pilates was a bunch of BS. So know that. And then I'll tell you, I grew up in a small town um, and it was fine. There was nothing like wasn't amazing. I didn't have any money. Um, I grew up not answering the phone. You had to screen the calls, elder millennial here. So you screen the calls, make sure it wasn't bill collector and then you could answer the phone. And, um, my, my family, my, my dad's, side were all very athletic. My grandfather was a baseball player. And so I did grow up in sports and in movement, um, and, but I never really felt like I belonged in that small town. I could not wait to leave. I would daydream all the time about leaving. And so when I got an opportunity to go to college, I took it, even though it would cost me like $30,000 a year. I was like, I don't care. I don't care. I've got to get out of this town. Um, and I thought that'd be the answer. And the actual truth is, is that I didn't really feel like I belonged there either. Like I got there and I was like, I just, this doesn't fit, but I finished. I was running at a jewelry store, and a girl who worked for me was like, why don't you come to this Pilates class? And I made fun of it. I said, it's a bunch of BS. It can't do all the things it says. It's an infomercial workout. That's what I said. It's an infomercial workout because I always say these infomercials on it. And she's like, well, you should just come. And I was like, okay, because I needed a friend. And I was like, well, maybe I'll just go to the class with her. We'll have some brunch afterwards. I'll never have to go again. We'll have a friend. And what ended up happening is in that first class and those first exercises, and mind you, I used to work out. I actually was a trainer. I didn't actually train anyone, but I took all the tests. I was planning on doing it. So I knew the muscles of the body. And in that first class, in a few exercises, I felt parts of my body I never felt before. And I couldn't articulate it then, but I do know now, is that I actually felt like I belonged in my body in that moment. And that was the first time I felt like I belonged anywhere. And so I actually changed the entire schedule of the store so I could go to Plies every day. And, um, mind you, my student loans were through the roof. So like, I was like, how do I make this membership work? But I like was like moving things around. I was like, I'll just have yo play for breakfast for, (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) if it means I can go. Right. So I did that. And then what ended up happening is, um, the more I did that workout, the more I spent time with myself, the more I got clear what wasn't making me very happy. Um, and I think that comes with movement. I don't know that that's, that's just like Pilates, but I will say, like, that's what happened for me. And I moved to Los Angeles, and someone suggested I become a Pilates instructor, and I was like, you can do that? Like, I could just do that? And so I did, and what ended up happening is I became a Pilates instructor in 2008. So during the recession, when everyone was giving up their cable bills and their you know, water deliveries, pe- my my Pilates business grew and I believe it's because, not cause I was an amazing teacher, but I was so passionate about what it could do and I would not ever stop talking about it and doing it and getting so many people to do it with me. And that led me down to going and studying with someone who's trained with Joseph Pilates. And so here I am 14 years later talking to you, um, being a, what's considered a second generation Pilates instructor and I'm on a mission more bodies doing Pilates and I've been able to travel the world to help people understand Pilates for their body, um, to teach teachers how to teach it to all types of bodies. And, um, I'm just, I know that when we confer, when we know how to belong to ourselves, when we feel like we belong in our own bodies, that it changes the world. Like literally I'm not kidding when people say world peace, I mean, world peace happens because if you can belong to yourself, if you know who you are, it's so much easier to connect with others.
0: Why do you suppose you had such a difficult time feeling connected or feeling like you had a sense of belonging?
1: Oh, that's a really good question. I, I mean, I think that there is, you know, um, I think when you grow up feeling very different than other people, and I, I, I understand that with my privilege, that that's a different thing for me to say, but all the people in my world had money and I didn't have any. Oh,
0: so okay. I couldn't do
1: things, you know, um. And I didn't really feel like people understood me. I'm <laughs> I'm a unique and loud person. Everyone tells you to be quiet. Children see, not heard. So I think that, like, just being raised in an environment where um, it felt like I would be, I wouldn't belong if I showed up fully as I was. So I think that that was it. Also, it's very interesting is as I've gotten older and I've studied some science, I'm a, I'm a hypermobile body. I don't have EDS, which is a different condition, but like I have hypermobility and there is some research now that talks about how hypermobility and neurodivergency can, can happen. It can mm-hmm. be a thing and that can also cause the problem of being disconnected. So I think that there's some science behind my disconnection. I also think that just environmentally, um, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't curated for me to sit and be with myself
0: oh okay it's it's interesting you say that you had difficulty uh difficulty belonging that's kind of a been a defining feature of your life and that's what led you into pilates uh neither at home or in school you i kind of think and you can agree with this or not but i kind of think that's kind of a central theme with a lot of people who are in this fitness space it's like it's just it's looking for a sense of belonging i guess that kind of bleeds into the whole idea of community
1: one, well, I mean, that's probably why I'm so big. Like, everything I do has community involved. There's got to mm-hmm. be some sort of shared experience. Um, and I think, well, above all else, we all want to feel seen. But right. if you don't see who you are and what you need, it's pretty hard to recognize being seen by others. And so you can. Like, obviously, someone can look at you and you can feel seen. And if you like, if you say something and they, they get that, that can help mm-hmm. you feel seen. But... I do think that like there has to be some awareness within of what those things are so that we can spot it when someone gets it.
0: So what did you see within yourself that was brought out by Pilates?
1: Oh gosh. A moment of stillness in my brain. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think for a lot of people, right. We've got so much, there's so many responsibilities. So i I always joke I'm an Aquarius. So that's why I got like thousands of conversations happening in my head, but, um, but i think for a lot of people there's so many responsibilities in their life and there's so many worries and there's so many things that they on the to-do list and that conversation is constantly going and for me even though i was a runner, I'm a competitive runner, uh, even though i lifted weights and all that stuff, i could still have that running conversation while i was out running. I could still have that running conversation while i was squatting. It doesn't mean i may have been doing it well, doesn't mean i couldn't have done it better, doesn't mean i couldn't have cleared my head. But for me i could still multitask in that way mm-hmm. And when you're doing Pilates when I was doing that class you have to so focus on what's moving where you have to so like literally so focus on what's moving where that you can't think about anything else you could only think about what what is what do I need to do right now in this moment moment and what is really interesting is that um especially on mat Pilates you lay on the ground so you, like when you, if you study like things about grounding and things like that like Getting on the ground is one of the best things you can do. So you're laying on the ground and you start horizontal. Hmm. So the heart doesn't have to work against gravity. It's just right there. It's really easy to get moving and connected. And so I think just having that mind clear and having that moment to just focus on this one thing, one thing, allowed, allowed all the noise to stop and for things to kind of come to the surface.
0: It's really It's really interesting. Yeah. Especially the way you described the, um, how the heart, since it's horizontal with the ground now, so it doesn't have to work nearly as hard. So it can kind of calm down, mm-hmm. you know, cause it's not working against gravity. I hadn't mm-hmm. thought about it like that before, mm-hmm. but yeah, that's an interesting point. And
1: also Pilates has long, deep breaths. It's not about mm-hmm. uh, not mouth breathing. You're supposed to do it in and out through your nose, mm-hmm. um, which is a grounding way of breathing. It's also a natural way of breathing, but <laughs> <laughs> it's also extremely grounding. Um, and so that makes it um, even easier for people to just kind of like settle in. Now, if you've gone to apply class, you never experienced those things. Um, I'm so sorry. Uh, <laughs> just try another teacher, you know, like, like just like there, there's different trainers out there. There's different yoga styles out there. Just try different teacher. Um, a lot of. Unfortunately, a lot of teachers and group fitness instructors out there talk a lot. I know I'm talking a lot right now, but in a, in a session, it's just, you're not teaching Pilates right now. (laughs) There should be some space for you to integrate what they're saying with what Mm -hmm. your body is doing. Um, and so that you can have that, that moment of clarity, but yeah, it's pretty cool.
0: Have you found that's kind of the same, same thing with like, say something like, um, yoga. Or is it, do you see a massive difference between Pilates and yoga in that Personally, way?
1: Personally, I see a massive difference. I think people don't, um, <laughs> mm-hmm. and it's not, um, it's not a slight against them. I think if you are mm-hmm. experienced in Pilates, um, and then you also do yoga, you can see that there are similarities, but as many similarities as there is to Pilates and yoga, there are that many similarities to Pilates and gymnastics and Pilates mm-hmm. and training. So I actually think that like, if we were to count all the similarities and all the regimens, they would equal out, but there's the differences are what make them unique. So in Pilates, most yoga classes I've ever trained with, they are a strength-based yoga class. Now mm-hmm. there are different styles of yoga. Um, where people like to com- like um, to compare them is because mat Pilates and yoga are done on a mat. But if you're doing your mat Pilates on a yoga mat, I promise you, you're going to hate it. It's too thin. It's not going to feel good on the hardwood floor. You can only do it on carpet then, and you never, probably <laughs> most people don't do yoga on carpet. So So you actually want a thicker mat, not too thick, you don't too squishy, but, um, you're looking at eight millimeter mat, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: eight to 10, any more than that's going to be too much. Um, but where, where it's different, um, and then also Pilates and yoga have flow. So if you're doing mat Pilates, you're flowing one exercise the next, that makes sense. Then there's breath work that can be focused on, but yoga is deep belly breathing. And Pilates is a lateral breathing. If you are breathing into your belly during Pilates, you cannot keep your abdominals engaged. It's not possible. It doesn't work that way. So for the time that you're doing Pilates, you are actually, like, you are not overly contracting. We're not bearing down in any kind of way. But you are connecting your muscles around your center, and that includes your abdominals, but also the muscles around your back, your hips, your shoulder girdle. And you have to breathe into the nose, into the back of your lungs. And you almost want to think of your lungs getting wider, right? And then they're coming in. And those, so the abdominal muscles actually never rise or fall. Your chest never rises or falls. Everything is happening in the back. And your lungs are amazingly big. And most people don't use them. They do a lot of shallow breathing, which creates anxiety. Um, so, so though that breath pattern is so uniquely different, you cannot do the two. <laughs> you right, do it. You have to do deep belly breathing and yoga after lateral breathing and Pilates. So, um, I personally practice yoga as a different a different for a different purpose than why i practice pilates
0: how do you teach someone how to do uh lateral breathing or the breathe back into the in, in the back spaces of their lungs here how do you communicate that
1: yeah so we can all do this together but you have to lie down Is really what you have to do um okay. you can also do it against a wall but you need your lungs to, <laughs> to right. you need to feel it right like there's this kinesthetic thing if i was actually with you i could put my hands where i want you to breathe and that would give right. you a kinesthetic touch but if you're lying down and you put one hand on your belly and one hand on your chest,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and then you sip the air in through your nose, and you can, you can use your if you're visual you can use your own visual if you're auditory just listen to this if you're mm-hmm. kinesthetic you're gonna feel the back right if you learn by touching you can feel the back the back should take up space it should get wider across your mat or across your wall the hand that is on the belly should not move the hand that is on the chest ideally is not moving because we're not breathing into our chest, right. into our back. Now, when you exhale, if you think about the breath starting the exhale from your abdominals, you can actually pull your abdominals in more to push the air out. So actually the hand that's on your stomach, you might even feel it fall, but then it has to stay there as you inhale into your lungs. Another way to do it, you can put your hands on your ribs. You can breathe into them. Right. If I like, I really think that when you have a hand on the chest and a hand on the belly it helps you understand when you're not doing it. And right. Sometimes we have to know the not before we can know the how, right. Right. <laughs> right? No, like exactly. Yeah. You you don't know what workouts you don't like to do until you do it. And you're like, actually didn't really love jumping on trampoline. Didn't work for me. That's fine. <laughs> sometimes you'll find out. So I think that that's an easier way. Um, And then you have to understand that if you have been chest breathing for most of your life, if you've been Mm -hmm. mouth breathing for most of your life, if you have, if you, you're not going to do it well for a long period of time, it's going to take time. It's going to, maybe you get it for one rep and then you don't and you try again and it becomes a practice. And I think for a lot of us, we are like hoping that we should be able to get it right away. If we can't Uh get it right away, then we're not good at it. It's not right for us. No, it's a practice. You also sucked at walking when you started. When you were a kid, right? You no, know it's all exactly,
0: exactly right. Yeah.
1: And all, for whatever reason, we're all, like we let little babies walk with their foot turned in or using a table and all this stuff. But us as adults, no, we should be able to get it right right away. And that's an impossible feat and too much pressure. And so I am a big motto of like perfect is boring. Practice is the way to go, and it's and you're going to get better. So if all you can do is one breath in every rep with your with this lateral breathing great tomorrow we might get to
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. maybe
1: it's next week that we get two. it's okay um the the cool thing is when you're aware and you're trying you just get better at what you practice
0: so that um i saw that at the when i look was looking over your uh, profile i saw that right there under your picture is perfect is boring i wanted to ask you about that so what uh Expound on expound on that. Why do you say perfect is boring?
1: Well, perfection is like the, like literally what stops us from doing anything in life because everyone is noodling around waiting for it to be perfect. And once it's perfect, then I'll do it. So when the schedule is perfect, then I'll go Mm -hmm. to the gym. Oh, when I have the perfect this, then I'll go. And the reality is, is if we actually think about our perfect friends, the friends who have the most perfect designed house and the clean house and everything is like so nice. We hate going there because we actually feel like we're going to make it dirty. Are my socks clean enough to take my shoes off in this space? Like everything they do is perfect. We actually, it's a little fucking annoying. We don't like it. (laughs) So the other thing is, is that perfect is very contextual. You can have a, everything can align in a moment. But the reality is if you keep trying to do that, trying to find that moment, your life is pretty boring because you don't have anything that you're showing for it. You're always just like... Noodling around, not sharing with people till it's ready. And so for me, um, and a lot of people who do Pilates can get hung up on this perfection. Well, you can look like you're doing Pilates and not be doing it. I also can be doing Pilates while I'm just sitting here with you right now. Mm-hmm. So I don't actually have to go into the studio, have to get on the equipment to sit with a tall back, take deep breaths in and out through my nose. I'll be doing Pilates right now, right? So I personally feel that perfection holds us back from a lot of things and keeps people from trying things out and, and making mistakes. And I actually think the best things that have ever happened are from the mistakes. I was, I was completely wrong. I made a massive mistake about what applies. It's changed my life. It led me to this place where I wouldn't have this house, my husband, I wouldn't have seen the world without it. So like, I think we should be more welcoming to making mistakes and trying things out and allowing ourselves to be in practice and whether that's Pilates or going for a run or weight training, you'd be surprised what you end up allowing yourself to do when you're like done is better than perfect. When it's perfect, like it's good enough for today, right? Like this is enough for today. Mm-hmm. and you, The pressure that you take off of your shoulders, it's kind of crazy. Like I, um, I often, I wanted to write this book and it took me a long time and I finally just was like, I'm just going to get out there, whatever done is better than perfect. So years later, I'm listening to a book on tape. I have this very famous woman. It's a a published book because I self-published mine. So it's a published book. She's got this massive publishing company behind her. She has this audible book and I'm listening to it and I'm loving every minute. And there are two massive errors in that audible book where she literally was like re-rent, rereading a sentence and they didn't edit it out. Well, guess what? It didn't change the book. It didn't change the fact that I love the book. It was amazing. It didn't even take away from the book. Now, no. I noticed because I don't like perfection. I noticed that and I thought, this gives me full permission to screw up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, because no one recalled her book saying, uh, I had two mistakes. No big, like, that's not good. And then let's think about it. To the people, we all know these people. If you have that friend who's like, uh, it had these two errors in it and that's what they focus on that's Mm -hmm. what they're focusing on, you know, like if you actually, you know who those people are in your life and those people drive you freaking crazy because nothing is ever good enough for them. Well, that Mm -hmm. sucks. And I don't want to be in that life either. So I'm just a big fan of like allowing people and myself included to be a beginner at something. Mm -hmm. And then even when you're not a beginner at something, if you screw up, (laughs) right? unless you are a brain surgeon, please don't screw up. The, the reality is, is that like a lot of us have a lot larger margins for, uh, for air than we give ourselves credit for. And it's holding right. us back from movement, you know, like it's right. holding us back. You're having a lovely Sunday, right? You can move later. If you are perfectionist and you didn't move this morning, you'd, the whole day would be done. I didn't mm-hmm. move today. I didn't move this morning. I have to move in the morning. I didn't move this morning. No, you know what? You, t- you slept in, took a lazy Sunday. You're going to move later great. Now we can take that pressure off your brain and know that it's going to happen. Right. So that's just my big thing on perfection. I really just think it's keeping people from having the life they want to live.
0: Right. And to add to your point though, the people who kind of highlight every little mistake and every little mishap and point it out, really, I find like it's really kind of a defense mechanism. It's a, it's a, you know, it's a way to find a position of superiority over someone else or someone or something else, and to just kind of like bolster themselves in their own eyes, you know, because oh, yeah. I've seen the same thing too. Like I, I've read books, I read books constantly. Every now and again, I see something like a glaring spelling error or you know, grammatical error, but it doesn't stop me from reading the book. Now, if the book is littered with them, man, yeah, I'm going to probably stop reading at some point because this is just getting too much. This just looks sloppy and unprofessional. But... Um, or just a very yeah. poor choice of, uh, of well, editor. <laughs> if, you're,
1: if you're teaching English, right. <laughs> you probably should have it well, but, yeah. are, but again, if it's one or two mistakes, your brain probably for most people just skips over them. If it's yeah. littered with them yeah, because it becomes a distraction. You're trying to figure out like, was this a sentence or was this a question? Like what's going on here? Mm-hmm. But the reality is, is that like, I just think that if we don't give ourselves this room to make mistakes, we actually don't give ourselves room to live. Exactly. Like mo- I mean, like truly some of, if you like look at most of the major pieces of art, if you ask some business owners, like people are listening. I know this about movement, but if you literally were to ask some of these people who have these amazing famous companies, if they set out to create that product. Most of them, no. They set out to create something else, and then over over the time of that not working, this other thing came up. And so Mm -hmm. I think it's like we have to like allow ourselves to see what comes from the efforts that we put out there. And to your point of that, that person who is like super perfectionist person, it's such an insecurity. It all it highlights is just how insecure they are around things. And so if they highlight that other people do it, then it makes them feel better about themselves. We should feel better about ourselves because of the actions that we can do.
0: Right. Exactly right. So let's go into the benefits of Pilates because, um, you know, it is a very popular thing these days. But I know people who don't think terribly highly of it. And it's not because they did it and they didn't work for it. A lot of times it's just like it's a, you know, preconception they have in their mind of what they see and what they deem is actual workouts or something like that, you know, the kind of the, you know, the, um, I don't know, the, what I no guess pain, it's called no like, gain. well, yeah, that <laughs> the, the kind the kind of aggressive, like, like bro science kind of attitude towards uh, exercise, I guess is what's called these days, but um, let's go into the benefits of it because I think maybe that has maybe eluded them as to what they're really missing out on by not even trying something here. And that's how I got, and that's how I got into it. I'm not a faithful practitioner of it, but I have done it. And I have looked into it and it is, it is something and it is much harder than it looks.
1: If it's easy you're doing it wrong. And like mm-hmm. I know I said, perfect is boring, but like, it's like, you're just not even doing it right. <laughs> so we, right. Have to, we have to get you somewhere between perfection and and doing it to something. Um, so, so Pilates, you know, there's a lot of different ways you can do it. And um, a lot of people have seen it where it's like a reformer and, mm-hmm. um, and they're doing different things. So Pilates was created by a man foreman back in the 20s a lot of dancers came to do it. so let's talk about the benefits of it. He created it because he believed that people sat too much. this is back in the 20s, 1920s so a 100 years ago I when I think about those people I don't think they sit as much as us so obviously we're all sitting too much. Uh, so um, and that most of their muscles and I incre- I think that still to this day are deconditioned and so he created Pilates to balance all of our imbalances. So the cool thing about Pilates is in every single exercise, you are working the entire body, all of it. So we're not doing, and this is not to knock weights because I do them. We're not doing an arms day and a legs day (laughs) and then a back day or whatever. We are literally working every single muscle of the body each time we get to it. So if you are a super busy person and you only can get two workouts in, the cool thing is you use the whole body both times. Boom. So benefits of that posture. So posture is super key. Everyone. It's not just about looking confident. It's actually how your digestive system needs to It needs to be all the things need to be lined up in a certain way. Otherwise you can't digest food. If you can't digest food, you don't absorb nutrition. If you don't absorb nutrition. You are going to get sick period. Um, if you have great posture, not only is it a more amazing for your back, AKA no back pain. If you are living with even a minimal amount of discomfort in your lower back, you are, and you're like, it's fine. It's just aging. No, no, it's not. It's just because of deconditioning deconditionings of your muscles in your body. And I have been five, nine, since the sixth grade, I can promise you, I did not have great posture. My mom always said, pull your shoulders back. Moms were saying that you're not completely wrong, but you're not also correct. It's not about pulling your shoulders back, pinching your shoulders together. That just overdevelops the upper traps, causes neck issues, forward heads, things like that. But it's about pulling your shoulders on your back. It's about lifting up lifting up. And how do we stay there? If people have poor posture, it's not because they don't want to have good posture. So if you are listening to this and you have poor posture, I know you want to have better posture. Your body cannot do it because the muscles are not conditioned to do it. You actually need the muscles to hold the bones up. The bones don't hold themselves up. Look at a skeleton. If I took it off a pole, it would just lay there. (laughs) So so we need the muscles to hold our body up. So posture huge for digestion and also um, for your your spinal health. And then also there's all these studies on the more forward our head is getting right off of our, off of our spine, the more anxiety it is producing, the more lizard like brain we're going to. So the more fear based we are. So the more we can get your posture, the more easily it's going to be to feel like you can show up at work and say a good idea, walk down the street and not feel like people are trying to attack you. Like just these little moments. Right? So that's just like really awesome stuff that no one goes to the gym for. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> most people are not going to the gym cause I want to have good digestion and good posture. So if you're like, Leslie, that's fine and dandy, but I really just have these other concerns about my body. Great. Okay. So let's talk about if you are wanting to move the scale a different weight, that's fine. Um, Pilates, while it's not going to burn a ton of calories like your elliptical will, your elliptical is never, ever going to help you actually be strong. It's going to burn a ton of calories and that's great. But when you're off the elliptical, you've stopped burning calories. And what Pilates does, because it's a strength-based workout, it's just like your weight training. It's going to up your metabolism for up to 48 hours after a workout. You are, while you are not overdeveloping any muscles, you are working your muscle groups. And so when you have more muscle mass on your body, you are going to burn more calories just sitting here versus someone who has less, just science like that. Um, we work your feet a lot. Why we work your feet because your feet are like the tires of your car. For some reason, everyone makes sure their tires are rotated. Everyone makes make sure that their tires have gas and everyone puts their feet in shoes and it wonders why they hurt so much. So we work your feet a lot, which helps strengthen your back. Um, you can also, I mean, there's so many others. People say long lean stuff, but that's just like m- marketing stuff. The reality is, is that you cannot change like your bones <laughs> and, and the muscles are the shapes that they are, but because you don't overdevelop a muscle group, everything looks balanced. And that's really, really important. And then the other thing is flexibility. People who are tight, if you are a weightlifter, there is a reason why athletes, all professional teams have Pilates instructors. Why? Because if you are only strengthening, you are not stretching. And I know you're like, oh, I stretch. I do a little quad stretch before, or after I run. I do a little hamstring. No, you. All your muscles have to be stretched. And so, Pilates does an active static stretch, which means it activates a muscle and then it tries to stretch it. And so then you get this the benefits of long standing flexibility, not just flexibility in the moment where it's just like a passive stretch. So, um, I can keep going, but I feel like those are some good ones that hopefully get, <laughs> keep really going, motivated,
0: keep um, going, keep going. So, so, oh, more yeah, information, so, the better.
1: Yeah. So I, um, I think that mind body connection that everyone needs, everyone's right. so disconnected from their body and, you know, people call yoga mind body connection. I don't disagree with that. Um, but you know, you if your mind is not connected to your body, you actually don't know how long you've been feeling the way you've been feeling. Mm-hmm. So, so many people are like their head and then their body and they're ignoring their body. It's kind of crazy what human beings can do. Right. They can literally ignore discomfort in their body. And then the doctor goes, how long have you been feeling this way? I don't know. Right? How come you don't know how long you've had stomach issues? How How long? Because you've ignored it. How can you do that? Because you don't have a mind-body connection. You've been able to disconnect it. So that mind-body connection not only benefits your Pilates practice from being actually effective right, in your body, right. it actually allows you to be aware that, Oh, I'm really stressed out right now. I'm like, my body is stressed out right now. I can feel, it's not just my head that feels stressed. It's like, I can feel everything is tense right now. Um, right. so I think that's really, really important. Um, and, and, a lot of people will use it for pelvic floor health. I would make sure that if you are doing Pilates for pelvic floor health, that you actually are seeing someone who's a pelvic floor specialist. Um, people who do it for PT, that's fine. You will not want to, once you graduate from PT, go into a full Pilates practice, not just what was PT based. Um, so it also, to me, lets you allows you to do everything else you love better. There's a reason those athletes do it not just for the stretching; they and not for, for injury prevention. They're doing it because it per- helps them perfect and be better at the things that they're doing um, in their sports. And so if you love to swim, Pilates is going to make you have um, more ease at swimming because of the endurance. So if you, when you're new to Pilates, I'll just tell you this, there's going to be a lot of start and stopping because you're learning the exercises. When you keep going and you flow one exercise to the next, and if your teacher is not doing that, please find another one. You want one exercise to flow into the next, you are creating endurance, which means all these studies that how we have to do this endurance type training each week. I was just listening to Huberman. He's like, I have to do endurance for over an hour. My polite session is an hour. It has no breaks. One exercise to the next. The only break is me standing up, grabbing something, putting it on. I'm still moving, right? I'm not just sitting around taking a deep breath. That kind of stuff allows you to, if you're a runner, to be able to run longer because you're so used to activating those muscles in your body for a long period of time.
0: So, Talk to us about mind-body connection. That was something I did want to go into uh, a bit further with you because it's something I've discussed with uh, other guests on this podcast, and it's become a very sort of kind of hot buzzword sort of thing that's thrown around in fitness spaces these days. Um, I think most people will kind of, on some intuitive level, understand what you mean by mind-body connection. They mean, you know, or neuromuscular functioning, you know, neuro and muscular, it's nerves and muscles. So they get that on some uh, surface level understanding, but it's still, I think, relatively abstract and is not very clearly defined maybe in most, in most ways as a, you know, a non-fitness enthusiast would understand. So I just want to hear that more in your, in your own terms.
1: Yeah. Um, Thank, thank, thank you. Cause I'm not, I don't really love, I mean, I'm, I love all that there's science around it. I think that mm-hmm. the science is great to back up what people are doing. Um, but for the people who are just are sort of like, I just need to move. Um, the science can be a little mumbo jumbo and it's a, mm-hmm. a, a, it makes it less un- easily understood. So I talked a bit about my story with how, mm-hmm. when I was on the mat and I was able to like stop the chatter and is able to mm-hmm. focus on go inward, um, that can feel a little woo woo, that word going inward. <laughs> but to focus on this, what it allows, when you have that mind-body connection, what it allows you to do in your workout is just calm down, like a literal calm down. So even though you're moving, your heart rate is getting up, your stress levels are not in a negative way. We're not overstressing the mind. And so for me, that's really important because stress is is the reason we have 99% of the illnesses that we have, Period. And so, when you get that mind-body connection, when you can de-stress out, like de-stress the mind, everything can take a moment, and your body is not like in this in um, fight or fright state. And you can actually just focus on what's going on, and you can just move, and you start to understand how powerful your body is. And this is very important. I tell people in my classes all the time: you can do hard things if you can do this exercise, and it was hard, didn't hurt. There's a difference between hurt and hard. It was challenging. That is proof that when you leave this mat, you can do hard things. And so, for me, having that moment where people have this mind-body connection, where we can like train their body and their mind together, that means if we can do it there, you can do it anywhere. It doesn't mean that you have to only do Pilates have mind-body connection. What it means is that you have access to it in everything that you do. And so, if you are someone who is thinking, "Oh, my mind and body are like working pretty good together," great. If you're like, I don't know, I still don't know what this means. What I would challenge you to do is like, I need you to feel it. Cause I'm going to be really honest. Me talking to you about your mind body connection is not going to connect your mind to your body. You're still going to be in your mind. So I need you to, to get on the ground and to roll around and to clear out all the thoughts of what you think is expected of you today. And just ask yourself, how am I feeling right now? You actually don't have, you can just, you can just lay on the ground right now and you can just act, like, close your eyes. Like, how am I feeling right now? I, how do I feel in my neck? How do I feel in my chest? How do I feel in my lower back? How do I feel in my hips? Like I know this sounds crazy. I know it can sound like you have like multiple personalities in all your body parts, but you start to actually do a little body scan. That's a mind-body connection. And you can go, wow, my hips really are tight right now. They're holding a lot of tense, tense tension right now. Okay, how long have they been doing that? If you don't know... That is a sign that you and your body are not connecting more often than not. It's a sign that you're probably pretty disconnected. I want right. you to spend more time doing that.
0: So correct me if I'm wrong, because just by going by your definition here, the mind-body connection here seems to be separate from neuromuscular functioning. So we'll see. There's maybe the mind-body connection and neuromuscular mind-body connection by your definition, as the way you put it, seems to be more about awareness and mm-hmm. spirituality and, um, almost kind of like a, kind of like a, um, like, uh, the way a uh, Japanese samurai used to practice Bushido or something like that. Just, like, mm-hmm. it, it is fully conscientiousness of where you're at, how you're feeling, how the surrounding and how the surroundings influence mm-hmm. your, your mentality mm-hmm. and your That's mindset I mean. and be, being present. Exactly. That's where I'm going at being present. Versus neuromuscular, which is much more, um, you know, about physiology and the connection of neurons to other neurons and neurons to muscle fibers and how actually the two, like your muscle fibers sending signals back to the nervous system and back and forth, back and forth, and how you physically are functioning here. You seem to uh, kind. Of, you seem to draw like a demarcation line between those two, like neuromuscular function, which is much more clinical and sciencey, and mind-body connection, which is much more ethereal and, like you said, much more about being present. Is, am I accurate about that?
1: I mean, I can see how you can draw a line. I can see how they could sound different, and I also can think that, like, I don't think that they're that different. I think that that's the science behind what I'm saying, because if I am only focus on the science that I am being very clinical about something else in someone's body, but I'm not in my body. So in my body, those things could be happening, but I'm actually being very present. We, I am not thinking about, I need to inhale here and exhale here, right? So our body is pretty good at doing all of its biological stuff without us actually telling it what to do. that's really cool. So I don't know that they're, that dissimilar. I just think that when someone is having a mind body connection, they're not so focused on all that stuff, but it can be happening. Cause how else, how else would like, when I am working out, I am still activating muscles. That means neurons are talking to neurons. Things are talking to things. So I don't think that they're actually dissimilar. I just think that when you're having your mind body connection, you're not being clinical about your body. You're being in your body. Someone else can get clinical about it, but you mm-hmm. can't cause then you're just in your mind.
0: Okay. So it's again, more about the presence of, and actually the level of concentration then. Maybe, maybe it's not, maybe they're not so dissimilar. Maybe it's just, maybe the science is really just kind of confirming what we've already knew to begin with.
1: That... Well, and I think that's cool. I think science, yeah. I think that's what's so cool about science. Like, so I'm a classical applies instructor. So mm-hmm. I have for the dawn, I've been teaching how Pilates applies his order from the dawn of time. Joseph Pilates was not a fascial scientist. He was not a biology scientist. He didn't even actually go to college, nothing. And none of this. Mm-hmm. He just watched animals move. He watched people move and he created exercises that would help us move better. And now there's all the science that everything he was doing in the feet is connecting the fascial line, the front line, the back line, all the stuff. And I have all these fascia people going, Oh my God, you're doing these things. I'm like, great. Thank you for the science. I'm going to keep doing what I was doing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, I think that it is natural for things to exist. And then someone to do a scientific study to figure out why such a thing can occur. And I think that's really freaking cool because for the doubters out there, they might need the science behind it to tell them it's okay. To be present, it's actually scientifically a thing that happens in your body. We just often ignore it. We often don't take time for it. We often just move through life. One day at a like every day is the same thing. We're not connect. Like we're not actually focused on how we're feeling in our own body. So I I just I've, I feel like um, I love science. I love when it actually can can prove things that are in existence. But you going back to your Japanese, um, uh, you know, um, Bushido. Bushido guy, yeah. There wasn't science to study his neurons back then, but mm. that like, but look what he could do. So I just think that, like, for all of you listening, trust that there is science around these things, but also it's okay to be feeling it in your body first and then figuring it out later.
0: Yeah, exactly right. I mean, I don't think that there are opposing forces here. I think actually, and. Honestly, like in this day and age where they are actually are a lot of, they actually are joining um an alliance with one another, science and the spirituality. They're actually coming closer together and they are actually um actually reinforcing one another. I think that's actually a good I think that's actually a great thing. I love that word. Yeah. So it's just I I I just, I, don't know, I was just trying to better understand what you might be coming at here. But the fact that, you know, you actually don't see a difference between the two in any tangible way. I think that's interesting.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure there's people who are mind body experts and neurodivergent experts and, and they can tell me that it or whatever can tell me differently. But I, the way you explain it and the way I explain it, they sound like the science proving what is true. And what right. Is, what is natural for the body to do
0: exactly right exactly right so in the in the uh the the resurgence of pilates that's come about say about in the last 30 40 years i think it got started to get really big like commercially big in the 80s um when you had people selling you know videos and such like that um whereas before that from my understanding of pilates i mean it was big but it was very niche you had you know especially during um um Joseph Pilates' lifetime, if you were in New York and you knew about him and you heard from such and such, such and such, you would go to his apartments, he'd have all this equipment and you'd work with him maybe if he accepted you. And <laughs> you know, I, I, I heard I you know, my understanding he was a pretty fierce individual here and he just did not tolerate fools very much and very eccentric. He,
1: well, <sighs> eccentric is interesting. I mean I think I mean I think he could sound eccentric to some people and I think he mm-hmm. sounds like like uh um... A very focused person right issue. um there's a book called the caged lion so i got it, it
0: got it right here right here in front of me this is where i'm getting this information from yeah
1: steel is sleeping in my driveway right now really <laughs> the author yes i'm not kidding he's nice he's, he was here uh for a, co- a convention and um i was like "Well, stay in my driveway instead of the hotel's driveway uh he has an amazing one of those vans you can live in um drove himself from Santa Barbara to here. So he's an amazing human being. Awesome. Um, So um, I think part of it was less being accepted and also more like he, he had a, he held a bar high for people. to Mm -hmm. And I think for some people they want to know the answers today and you're not, you're not going to, when you go for a run, you go for a run, you kind of get some answers, you know, how far you can run with these, like how long you can run, how hard it was with Pilates it's all these movements that our bodies were meant to do that we should be doing. And we've never seen them mostly before. And so it's weird and we don't like weird and we don't like things that we can't tangibly figure out. And we also don't like hearing that. We have to do it a few more times to figure it out. So I hmm. think it could be difficult. So, um, the reason it didn't, um, it was not very known is that he died in the sixties and he actually was only in New York. He wasn't teaching people around the world. Right. So it couldn't be around the world. Then. Um, then his people who trained with him obviously dispersed and they started training it. But in the nineties, there was a lawsuit. So people are being sent cease and desist letters. And this is actually very interesting. We're talking about this today It is happening again. So, um, really, yes, it's happening right now. If you want to look in the New York times, there was an article released, um, at the time we're recording was last interesting. Week. So, um, uh, people are losing their Instagram accounts, uh, because this person is attacking them and saying that they are illegally using things. And he has not proven that he has the copyrights to these things. And so therefore, um, while Instagram took their accounts down, he had to file a lawsuit so that- he is,
0: it, is this know, the same dude that was mentioned dude. in the book? Same oh, same good dude. Lord. So, um...
1: <laughs> So I shall not name his name because I'm not, but i read the book. And here's the thing. So it (laughs) didn't start to become, we couldn't talk about it until early 2000 because it was illegal. You could not talk about it. So now it's popular because more and more people are doing it. And also more and more people are having access to it back then. I mean, the equipment itself, you all, for me to have one piece of everything that he just placed created is over $40,000. That's a lot of money, right? It's now a gym. To have one of everything is probably, it's probably around fifteen to twenty. But if you're having a gym with multiple pieces of things, you're looking at a hundred thousand dollars. So it's not abnormal for fitness studios to spend that kind of money. But you're asking for the person who has ever experienced Pilates to then have the money and then have the ability to create a business. So that's another thing. So now there is this money behind it that's allowing people to have access. And there's franchises. So there's that means there's businesses that are all over the place where you can have multiple access no matter where you are. Then there are small boutique studios. So there's a price range of every kind. And there's access of all kinds, and so, um, so I think it's having it's having more and more of a surge just because there's more and more accessibility, and that is what's allowing it to. And then also every every other few months a celebrity mentions it, and that doesn't hurt.
0: Right. So in the in the resurgence of popularity, you know, plus or minus a lawsuit. Um, It's interesting that you mentioned earlier that uh, Joseph Pilates designed these programs, designed these exercises for men. He had men in mind. You know, he worked with fighters and then uh, male athletes in general. And if you look at some of these old photographs, um, he's always demonstrating, when he's demonstrating the exercise on the reformer or whatever, it's almost always a man. Now, in the, the last 40 years or so, last 30, 40 years or so, the people leading the charge in this resurgent have been women. Yeah. So I think that's that's interesting. What are your thoughts on that?
1: Well, you have to understand the times. Mm-hmm. This is what people always don't understand when they're studying anything. They look back at something in history and they go, "That's kind of crazy. It's only men." Well, they didn't allow women to work out. Like if you, I just got, um, I just got a, a, an email from the Bee and the Fox yesterday about women and running. And literally they didn't let a woman run in the marathon in the seventies. She was chased at like she kept running. Yeah. But like that's a seventies, y'all. That's like in right. most of these listeners' lifetime, women only were recently allowed to be in running races. <laughs> this mm-hmm. is crazy. So they thought it would make us um they thought working out would affect our reproductive cycle. Right. They thought it would make you more masculine. Yeah. Now, Joseph Ply always did work with women, though most of the photographs are with men. Um there's very few photographs in general. There's only a couple moments. Right. Of the photographs. Yeah. And There's not him many. himself. So, but most of the people they was very equal was men and women and they worked at the same time. And it was, so he was actually a little bit progressive for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but the reality is, is that most movement was designed for men because everything was. And so it was less about, that it was only for men and that women have taken it over. It's more that it was, that was just the sign of the times. Mm-hmm. And then as his, as he aged and his business aged and more and more people started coming, more and more women started coming. Um, and also it was one of the only places that women could work out. Now, here's the interesting thing in the eighties, it actually didn't do as well because of jazzercise. So in the eighties, Pilates actually took a hit of a hit in New York, okay. um, because of the aerobics <laughs> yeah. workout workouts. And then because people got injured from aerobics workouts in the nineties, Pilates got another resurgence. So it's very interesting.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, but even still, I mean, despite the historical facts that, you know, women didn't, weren't, weren't allowed to work out very much in the, you know, the 1920s and such like that, or to do anything because they thought it would diminish their femininity make them more like men, yada, yada. And now that we know, we're a hundred years plus now, now that we know that that's not at all the case, still, you see a lot of Pilates classes, from my observation, just looking in here, they're mostly just filled with women, 80% women. Um, even, even in today's world where we know that strength training and Pilates and stuff like that, it benefits everybody. Yeah. But, you know, and you see lots of women doing lifting the weights and squats and all that stuff here too, but you don't see too much of it. I, from my, from what I've seen of men going the other direction and taking more yoga or more uh, Pilates classes.
1: Yeah. I think that's, I think that's where our media fails everyone. And I think that's where stock photography has failed a lot of people. I also think mm-hmm. that like, there there are more and more people of, of different colors who are doing Pilates, but our stock photography has not changed that. Right. So so I think like first of all, the male athletes that are out there who are doing Pilates, they are talking about doing But I wouldn't know that they did it if I didn't they didn't talk about it. They could talk about it more or the media could actually share it more. You mm-hmm. know, but where do I hear about men doing Pilates? In my magazines. So, are these men not in the the men magazines? Are they not talking about? Are the questions not there? I actually think it's just a disservice of the media not making sure people feel seen. And also, studios could do a better job just like asking male friends to show up to a class. They could take some pictures and post about it. Um, But again, I think this also comes down to people think that if there's no burn, it's not a workout. And if they're not Mm -hmm. sore the next day, it's not a workout. You are not going to be sore from Pilates probably until you're advanced because we do low repetitions. All How right. do you get sore? High repetitions, eccentric contract, contraction. <laughs> that's where it's coming from, right? And so, and also, being sore does not mean that you didn't have a good work. Like that you had the best workout. So I think like there's um, there's a few things involved. Is that men think that they have to be lifting heavy weights to be working out, and that's the thing. Mm-hmm. And then they should take a stretch class. <laughs> and then also, um, there's not enough photography that's making people feel seen and accepted in a space. And then you know. Um, Lastly, like people need to know that other people have done it and it's helped them. And so if you are a man who's doing Pilates, you should tell your friends why.
0: So you said like, you said in your profile that anyone can do Pilates. You made a very blanket statement there. Anyone can do Pilates here. Mm-hmm. So by anyone, I'm assuming you mean absolutely anybody. So yep. 70, 70 years old, has not worked out ever before or hasn't worked out in maybe 50, 40 years. Not in terribly great shape here. Doctor says, you know what? You got to start moving. It's, you you know, you're 70 years old and it's just not going to get any easier if you don't move around here. Your quality of life is going to go right into the toilet. Mm -hmm. You better better get out there and start moving here. You know, otherwise you can forget about playing with your grandkids. Mm -hmm. You know, you're just not going to have the energy for it.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I've worked with people who will have only one leg. Um, now if you are 70 something years old, I probably don't want you taking a group class. I'm going to want you to take some privates first, but mm. absolutely. John Steele's 86. He's seven years right? old. Yeah. Pilates. He has his own equipment, his own house and he does it. Right. So like, um, no matter your age or your abilities, there is a Pilates practice for you. You just might need to find the teacher who has an expertise in your situation. And so that's where research comes in. And that's where asking calls. And so when you're looking for applies instructor, you should be looking for someone who you should hear words like comprehensive training over like their training hours should be more than 450. If you do have any um, neurological conditions, you should see that they have worked. You should ask them, have you ever worked with someone who has had Parkinson's or who has MS or who has this? If they haven't, ask them if they know someone who has. Okay. If you are a more able bodied person, if you are a bigger body person, that's fine. That's totally fine. I have teachers on my platform who are bigger body. They move as well as I do. They're as strong as I am and they can do all those advanced things. Now it does might, it may take some time to get the strength built up, but it took me strength to build up, to hold my own legs up. So every yeah. single one of us has to start somewhere. And so it's just important about just ask questions, find the teacher who sounds like they can work with you and if you don't like them if you don't feel like you connect it's not pilates it was them so go find someone else
0: mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Right. So you mentioned your online platform here. That was something I wanted to get into. Talk to us about your online platform.
1: Yeah. So onlineplotiesclasses.com. It's where we help people do life better. We um, are the um, only that I know of a uh, platform out there that actually holds you accountable to showing up for your practice. We actually take your classes away. So every Tuesday we drop a new class and the next Tuesday we take it away. And on the first of every month we drop the longer form class, you have a, a whole month to do the longer form class. Um, and it is it's been, it's four years old now. Um, there are several teachers on there. So we have different types of teachers and bodies on there so that you can feel like if, if you don't look like me and you're like, I wonder if this is for me, hopefully you'll see that these other teachers look like you. And that's my goal so that you can see that all of us are here to do it. We might look different doing it, but that doesn't mean we're doing it wrong. We just have different bodies. I have Some of us have longer legs and longer torsos. So um, that's the platform. If you are interested in it, you can also go check it out because we have intro classes. So if you're brand new, there's a whole series for introduction, which allows you to either end up in an all levels class uh, somewhere where you live or in our all levels classes. Um, And you can also get a free 30 minute class if you have done Plies before and you want to try it out.
0: All right. So you launched this four years ago. Is that correct? You just said that?
1: Yeah. Four years.
0: Four years. How's it been going?
1: Oh, it's, it's great actually it's really fun our membership is an amazing community we um, our members constantly come back and tell us how they have been able to quit jobs from bosses that they didn't love because they can do hard things um, leave marriages that weren't supportive um, so while we're there helping them learn Pilates well, our, goal, our goal is to help them see how they're taking care of prioritizing themselves first and when you prioritize yourself first you can do so much if you can do it on your mat everyone again how you do things on your mat is how you do things in life and so it's really important to me that we get you for 30 minutes or 40 or 50 minutes for whatever class you're doing. Or we also say finishing is optional. So do 15 minutes. Great. You should up. You did your practice. And our goal is to help you see that when you prioritize yourself on that moment, you can do it in other times. And that doesn't mean you're selfish. It actually makes it selfless because when you are fully you, you are the best version of you to other people. You don't have to hot, try harder. You don't have to like, Like build your energy up. You can actually just be yourself in that moment. And so, um, so that's our goal, um, at onlinepliesclasses.com.
0: So if I'm a new client here, I just signed up. So what can I look forward to? What, what can I expect?
1: Um, so you're a brand new client. Then what you can expect Mm -hmm. is first of all, we do the intro series and, Mm -hmm. um, it's three classes and you have, it's about 10 to 15 minute long classes. So you learn the foundational moves You get those really good. So that way, when you um, are actually in the all levels classes and there's a more advanced move, you're heard, you're told, you're heard, you're told (laughs) here that if you can't do this exercise, replace it with something you can do. And that gives you permission to be brave and courageous and give your body what it needs and not go, I can't do this because I can't do this thing. And so... Um, so that's what you'll, that, that, that's like allows you to be empowered in classes. When you're in our platform every Tuesday at 2 PM, as I mentioned, we drop a new class and the next week it takes away. You, we encourage you to join our, our members only group where you actually get to share your wins your aha moments, your questions, because if you have questions, the teachers and I can actually look at you, do it in that group. You can just post a video and we can actually give you feedback. No other platform looks at your body move and gives you feedback because it's an on demand platform. So you're not in class with me. So you get two class at whatever time you want, but then I can actually give you feedback on that.
0: Gotcha. You. So you're like a, you're like assigned a personalized coach and then they kind of hold your feet to the fire there and make sure you're doing, you're doing what, what you need to do.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, because the class is going to disappear, you use it. Mm-hmm. How many people have every streaming platform there is and how many times do you actually log into all of them in one month? You don't. Right. Right. So there's nothing holding you accountable except for that bill every month. So for us, we actually want to hold you accountable, accountable. I'm the accountability queen. And so we, we actually will, um, we actually do that by taking that class away. And you'd be surprised how many people at 1:30 at Pacific time are like logging in to take class before it disappears.
0: <laughs> so, all right. So we're, as we start to wind down here, um, talked a lot about where you come from, where you are now. So what's ahead of you? What's, what's, uh, what's uh, on your radar?
1: Honestly, um, I am so busy with the platform. We actually um, have just released our third of six flashcard decks, replies, exercises. And so I'm just doing more of that because I'm on a mission to help more bodies do Pilates. So adding more things onto that plate <laughs> is not really an option yet. Um, but, you know, I have, I have goals and ideas of what I'm working towards. For Nate, now it's just getting more bodies onto that platform, doing our flashcards, helping them move um, because I do know that it changes their life.
0: Right, exactly. That's awesome. That's awesome. So, one thing I'd like to ask people um, before we sign off, um, because everyone in here has such great things to say, if there is anything that you want people listening to this to walk away with, if they remembered nothing else about what you said, what would you like them to remember?
1: Oh, gosh. Um, that's a great question. Um, I would say, well, I mean, besides perfect is boring. Let's be real. Like that's obviously something that I really want you. I want you to know that you matter. You matter, and I really do mean this. When I I, when I said that prioritizing yourself is the best thing that you can do for others, I mean it. If your cup is not filled, when someone knocks it over, you get really frustrated. Mm -hmm. When it's full, and a little bit spills out, it's like no big deal. And life is so much easier when you have taken care of yourself. And I don't just mean with plies, I mean sleep, field yourself correctly. Like when you've really made sure that all of your needs are met, it is so much easier for you to meet the needs of others. Too often we do it the other way around. We meet the needs of others and we meet the needs of ourselves. Can't do that. And especially if you're listening to this podcast, it shows me that you actually care. You're trying to figure out what's going to work for you. And I need you to hear that whether it is doing plies with me or somebody else, maybe it's not doing plies at all. But if you actually are meeting the needs of yourself, you are going to have a much much more fulfilling life and you'll really start to see the people and the relationships around you change
0: exactly i think that's a terrific message i mean your uh, your message earlier about perfection is boring i think that uh i think that's 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 helpful in its own way too because again you know the attainment of perfection especially with social media and everything where we are constantly comparing our lives to other people's even people that we don't even know but it's all based on just what they are putting on their, uh, their social media accounts and <clears throat> cough, cough. They're all, it's, it's all being curated by the way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So right. Perfection, perfection is boring and yeah, self-care is, is a must because like, like you said, you know, you can't, you can't get through life just having everyone drain your own energy. Mm-hmm.
1: That's true. So true. Thank you so much, Sean.
0: Thank you. Thank you so much. So thank you so much. Well, Leslie, um, I appreciate your time. I appreciate you talking to me. And um, there you have it, folks. That is the uh, this current episode of uh, Fitness Reborn. My name is Sean from Renaissance Fitness Personal Training. And this again is Leslie Logan. She's a certified Pilates instructor. And, uh, I will put information that you can get a hold of Leslie. Um, I will put her website and her own uh, podcast on there on the show notes. So you can, uh, you can reach out to her if you'd like. Um, is there a particular way that you'd like people to reach out to you? Just do the, um, any,
1: in pretty much any way. Any, if it's on a platform, I'm on it. You can reach out there. We also have a support team, but yeah, the, the podcast or, um, onlinepliesclass.com is a great place to reach out to me
0: yeah, no worries. No worries. And I'll put that in there too. And don't forget folks, I'm also offering uh, training programs myself. I'll post those in the show notes as well. And uh, appreciate you being here. Appreciate everyone listening. And uh, we'll see you next time, folks. Thanks so much. Th- Leslie, thank you again. Thank you. Hey, thanks for listening. Don't forget, you can become a supporter of the show by becoming a monthly subscriber. No commitments, cancel anytime. Every little bit helps, and I'd sure love your support. Also, you can click any of the links to our social media platforms provided in the show notes, and you can email me at renfitnesswarriors at gmail.com. That's ren renfitnesswarriors at gmail.com. If you got a fitness story to tell, I'd love to hear it. You never know. You might just find yourself on the show. Until next time, train hard. Peace.